Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and current ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast will be filled with tips and tricks for helping you not only be the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but live the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. I hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Adaptation Station podcast. This episode is going to be all about coding in my self-contained classroom. Before you click out thinking, she's crazy, I can't code in my classroom, hear me out. When I was teaching, I worked in a coding immersion school that was part of a Code to the Future program. So what that meant was every single student at my school was expected to code every single day. And while that sounds really awesome on paper, let me tell you, I had a lot of difficulty implementing this in my classroom. But when I did some research and I connected with other professionals in the field, I found that there were a lot of awesome apps and online resources that help make coding accessible to all learners. And although I won't be talking about those resources in this podcast because they weren't super relatable for my class, if you were trying to put coding into your classroom and your learners don't have significant needs, their needs might be more mild to moderate, I highly recommend checking out Brooke Brown. If you're not familiar with her, I have her blog linked in the description of this podcast. She is your go-to source for all things STEM and coding. This podcast is going to focus on how I took coding and implemented it in my moderate to severe disabilities classroom. So first off, I found that unplugged coding was the best way to implement coding in my classroom. So unplugged coding does not use the internet or use technology. And this was a really important thing. And this was one of the biggest challenges I found. A lot of people recommend, like I said, apps or computer programs to help students code. And I think that's a perfect option for students that maybe aren't able to do grade level coding, but they are able to navigate technology. The problem was a lot of my students struggled to use a computer mouse or to be able to click and drag on an iPad. Teaching them how to use the technology itself would be an entire like year's worth of lessons. And like I said, I had to code every day, so I couldn't take the time during this part of my day to teach them how to use an iPad. I needed to find a different way to expose them to the coding curriculum. Unplugged coding ended up being the answer and I have five different resources that I used in my classroom to code. I do have the corresponding blog linked in this podcast, so you'll be able to see pictures of everything I used and links. So one of my favorite things that I used was a coding caterpillar. So if you're working in a preschool setting or your students are just getting started out, this coding caterpillar was awesome. That's from Fisher Price. And actually, if you just search on Amazon, like coding caterpillar or coding toys, especially if you select them for preschool age, you'll be able to find a lot of great options. The way this caterpillar worked was my students could snap together different pieces of the caterpillar to build different codes. Once we built our code and we put it on the floor, we could turn the caterpillar on and there'd be music that played and lights that flashed while the caterpillar completed the code that we had built. It helped captivate the attention of my students and quickly made it a favorite classroom activity. Not only was it a way to expose them to coding and they could learn how putting 
the caterpillar pieces together in different orders changed the path. It was a great whole group activity. And there were definitely times where I struggled to find an activity that my entire class could do together. This was one of them. And this was a really fun time to invite people into my classroom. It was a great way to show off all of the awesome things that my students could do. So it was by far my favorite. The next thing I did was the first activity I made myself for my class. It was a gross motor coding stick that helped my students learn some of the basic commands that were often used in coding. So what they would do is they had a painter stick, like one you would get from Home Depot, and had a bunch of different visuals that they could use to build their code. So this was a lot of action based. So there were arrows so they could tell their code to go forward or up or down. And then there were actions like hop on the floor or shake or dance or give a hug. My students could build a code on their stick and then they could pass it to an adult or a peer similar to the concept of a communication exchange strip. The other individual would read the code and then physically act it out. And my students thought it was really funny when they could make their speech therapist or their PE teacher move across the classroom using their stick. And again, this was a time where I loved bringing other people in. So I would tell my adaptive PE teacher, hey, could you come to my classroom on your planning? I want to have one of my students have you act out his code. And that was such a treat. It was a great way to get people involved in my classroom. The next activity I want to recommend comes from Brooke, who I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. Her unpledged coding bundle was the first coding-related purchase I ever made on TBT. Not only was the code simple enough for my students to color, cut, and assemble, it made a beautiful display on the outside of our classroom, and I loved showing my school how my students got involved in coding. And I have a picture of what this looked like in my blog, but I found that this was really easy to adapt. Brooke's product is meant to have students build their own code, but I found that I could easily manipulate it and then just have students cut and paste to copy a code I had created. So they're still learning the pattern, but it's taking away some of that complexity for them. And again, I could hang all of these projects on my hallway and then a lot of teachers would come ask about them. And my students would be so excited, even if they weren't able to really talk about their code, just have a teacher say, hey, Sally, can you show me which code is yours? And she could run up to the wall and point to the one that she carefully color cut out and pasted. It was just a great way to get us involved in this whole coding environment in my school in a way that was really accessible for them. The next thing that I used was a coding product that I made called Thematic Coding. If you're familiar with my thematic products at all, this aligns to all of those themes and it gives a little bit more guidance for students. Students can use the coding mat and the pieces to replicate one of the codes that are included in the pack. And then I had three levels of sheets that are differentiated to help my students write out their code. This multi-level product helped my students learn several aspects of coding, and there is a free set. So all of the codes are linked in the blog, but I also have a link just to the free set in the description. So if you want to give that product a try out, or if you just want to see if coding would even work, you can grab that, download it, and give it a try in your classroom. The last thing that I want to recommend is another product from Brooke. It is the Hopscotch Coding. So I work in Northern Virginia, uh, which is about 20 miles outside of Washington, D.C. And I actually had Betsy DeVos visit my classroom in the fall of 2017. I want to mention that my podcast is in no way politically related. Uh, And I'm not going to really talk about Betsy DeVos. 
it's just a fact. She came to my school to see coding, and my classroom was one of the ones that she came to see. So now that we skimmed off of that, just to make sure that we know that I'm not talking about Betsy DeVos being in my classroom, but I will say during that visit in which we had a lot of people coming through my classroom, we used Brooks Hopscotch Coding, and boy was it perfect. I so wish I could just share the smiles of my students when they did this activity. They were able to get up out of their seat and act out their code. This was a great way to get my occupational therapist and my physical therapist involved because there was a lot of physical movement. Again, I also had my adaptive PE teachers involved because they were able to incorporate practicing the code into their lessons as well. It was easy enough for my students to set up. It was easy enough for them to follow and it looked really impressive. We also had parents come in that day and parents were so proud of seeing what their kids were able to do in my classroom. It just honestly was a perfect activity. What I love about Brooks Hopscotch Coding is it's really appropriate for general education students all the way up to like second and third grade. I could totally see you grabbing this and just having it as an option for indoor recess, especially if you live in an area where it gets cold in the winter and you're not able to take your kids outside. You could have this as an academically based fun activity that your kids are doing during recess time, which would be awesome. I hope this podcast gave you some easy ideas to implement coding in your classroom. And again, if your students are ones that struggle to use the computer or use the iPad, I think technology free options is the way to go. And if you look on TPT and you search coding and then filter it down to special education, you're going to find many more options. And then if you are searching online, I highly recommend just Googling coding for preschool or coding for kindergarten and seeing what comes back. You'll find a lot of blogs and a lot of things on Pinterest that you might be able to adapt and use in your classroom. Coding is not nearly as unobtainable as it might feel. You just need to find the right things to do with your class if you're looking to add coding into your classroom. I hope this was helpful. Make sure you go check out all of the links in this podcast. You're going to find a bunch of great things that you can try, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you like what you heard, I'd greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and you can visit me at AdaptationStation.net. I can't wait to bring you guys the next episode, and I'll talk again soon.